Grand Risings, Grand Risings, guys. I was coming to you today on this wonderful, thankful Tuesday. I hope that you guys had some good rest. I had some good rest, although the kids are acting a little crazy today, as probably you guys' kids are as well because they're on the Christmas break. They are up and at it and on 10 today, okay? So, again, you guys, I always state this. All of my podcasts are spontaneous, and they're just real-life events, right, that I like to speak about and use the good, the bad, and the ugly for teaching points, okay? So today, you guys know one of my favorite magazines is Natural Awakenings. Um, it says Healthy Living and Healthy Planet. It is a local magazine that I get here in the Midwest. And you guys, I always encourage you, when you're leaving out of the grocery store, always look on the newspaper stand. I know everything is electronic and fast-paced, and we have the internet and Google, right, which I love. But it's something about turning pages of a good magazine that you like. And if you don't know, a lot of times they have free local magazines um, and newspapers that, that's within your local area that let you know that stay abreast on things that are in your area, as well as very good authors that are um, locally. And they have very good viewpoints, right, that we can all share with each other. So for, my, from, for me, mine is Natural Awakenings. All right. That's one of my favorite ones. I get it every time. Um, I even have relatives that pick it up for me. They know that I love this uh, magazine. I wanted to read a little bit of this um, article and it's written by Thomas Moore. OK, um, Thomas Moore. And it's also um, written is co-written by Marliana uh, Donato, which you guys know that I have uh, actually read pieces of her book and I purchased her book as well. Spiritual Famine and the Age of Plenty. You guys should go get that again. That's by Mariana Donato. It's an excellent, excellent book. And it's actually very good to kind of create and to cultivate meditative practices and the art of simplicity and being able to be respectful and thankful for all that we actually have. OK. I have to close my door because I told you, you guys, my um, kids are on 10. So let me close that door. And this is going to be a quick podcast. OK, because I may have to make them lay down for a nap. All right. So let's get to this article here. And I'm going to mix it in with a little bit of my spontaneous notes that I've taken this morning after my meditation, at least trying to meditate right amongst the kids making a lot of noise. OK, so it says Thomas Moore is a New York Times bestselling author, Jungarian based psychotherapist, musician and former monk, has been an advocate for conscious living since authoring his first book, Care of the Soul a guide for cultivating depth and sacredness in everyday life. 23 books later, Moore breaks ground with his latest release, Soul Therapy, the art of and craft of creating caring conversations in which he invites therapists, psychiatrists, spiritual directors, ministers, caregivers, and caregivers to cultivate deeper connection based on soulful listening. His timeless wisdom encourages and inspires all of us to live from a state of spirituality and conscious uh, wonder so that we can might bridge the chasm uh, between cultural, political, and personal differences, okay? So what inspired you to write Soul Therapy? This is like a wonderful interview um, that Mariana Donato and Thomas Moore has co-written together. It says, we need more therapeutic conversations in all areas of life. And my book for the ordinary person as well as for the professional therapist we could talk to each other with the intention of befriending and offering useful care. Medicine is in need of an injection of this therapeutic talking and listening to add soul and spirit to the otherwise materialistic approach to the human being. What is soul therapy in modern times? The ancient Greeks 
were extensively uh, wrote extensively about the soul. Their word was psyche. So it takes very little effort to see how psychotherapy is about caring for the soul. The ancients felt that the soul's natural home is in the underworld and soul therapy sees it the same way. We are not interested in causing behavior changes or finding explanations for current problems. These don't go deep enough. They do not touch the underworld or the deep narratives and memories of a person. For example, if a person complains that he eats too much, then we might go deep and see if the underlying issue is a failure uh, is a failure to nourish his life in person. We look for metaphors and layers of meaning. We don't want to just change for the sake of change. We don't necessarily expect a person to feel better or be, be uh, have a better adjusted to life. We stay close to the symptom, like eating too much, and hope to see if fulfilled at a deeper level, truly nourishing your life. What soul workers require of the helper to be able to address the needs of others? The helper in soul therapy has to learn to observe carefully. And at a deep level, the narrative of or story being lived out, often unconsciously in a client, the arts, mythology, alchemy, dreams, these are all give hints about the deeper story being lived. The soul therapist does not give much advice, if any, and doesn't try to figure a person out. He or she stays close to the symptoms to see what the pain and confusion are all about. A person gets to know better the desires and fears that motivates him without judgment or agenda. You try to see where the soul might have been wounded or not cared for. So I'm going to take a caveat there. This is just so good. I already read this article, but just sharing this with you guys again is just nourishing me all over again. I love this idea um, about soulful listening, right? I believe that we are in a society where everyone listens to speak um, or they listen to figure out, right? Or they try to find out about you um, through agenda, um, as he as he said here, through an agenda or through judgment. So if you're trying to get to know a person, place or thing, right, and you're seeking it and you're looking at it with the glasses of judgment and having an agenda, you actually never get to know them. You can get to know facts. You can even get to know some uh, faded memories or maybe some fragmented stories from uh, bystanders. Right. Because if a person is not you, they're a bystander. So you can go through the same situation or they can see you go through a situation, but they're not you. That's where the beauty of individuality comes into place. They're a bystander. That's what I mean by that. So they have fragmented stories from bystanders who are not actually individually you. They don't have your fingerprint and um, they feel like they get to know you, but you never get to know a person through judgment or having an agenda. Um, whether that agenda is through jealousy or envy, or you want to want to bring you down or or whether it's through um, trying to seduce the person, right? You want to get their panties off or, you know, get them draws to drop. Those agendas or those judgments where you automatically are on a high horse and you feel like you're better than them and superior. So anything that you find out in your intellectual mind, um, you actually never get to know the person because you don't reach them and listen to them at a soul level. You only can listen to a person at a soul level when you approach them without judgment and without agenda. OK, so I just love, love, love this again. This is Thomas Moore's. You guys need to go get his book, The Art of Soulful Listening. Um, I am in a season of just being quiet and observing carefully. Right. So we all want to get to know the people that we choose to be around us. Right. We all pick our circle. Right. 
or our life partners or our friends or business colleagues, associates, acquaintances, and the likes. We pick those people according to our preferences, right? So if your preferences for your soul level is um, through judgment and agenda, that's what you're going to pick from, right? So regardless of whatever your parameter or whatever your measuring stick for picking certain places, people, and things, right? And whatever categories that um, you have in your life, uh, I would admonish and encourage you guys to get to know them on, have the practice, the art of soulful listening. Um, and so that's what I'm trying to do right now with my children, right? And I'm actually, even with some of the teachers I listen to, I'm just kind of listening. Um, I listen to a few uh, Buddhist teachers and because I don't judge people by religion. I listen to a few Buddhist teachers, um, a few, uh, uh, what do they call them? Motivational speakers on YouTube. So I kind of try to, I'm practicing the art of soulful listening. And when you're listening more, you have two ears for a reason. You're supposed to listen more than you speak. If a person is listening about things uh, about you or pertaining to you, and they're speaking more towards you um, than they are listening to the actual person, they're approaching you with judgment and agenda. And those people are not to be surrounded in your sacred space of your beautiful uh, life, your your livelihood, your personhood, right? So I hope that you guys, you guys are smart enough. You know that, right? So if you are dealing with people that are, right, we have these people in the workplace. We may have in-laws like these. Some some of you have grown kids that are like this, you know, siblings, whatever, right? Um, that are approaching you uh, with without soulful listening, right? They're not listening to you. A, they don't care about your soul. Soul I means psyche. That's your mind, right? That's your will. That's your emotions. If someone disregards your mind, your will, your emotions, and, and in effect, uh, let's go further. Some people are sadistically seeking to destroy those areas. You're going to have to practice the art of diversion with them um, because uh, this is what you have to do. You have to divert their attention away from what they're doing towards you. So the art of diversion, diversion means an instance of turning something aside from its course, right? It means to reroute something. You're going to send someone or something uh, along a different route, right? So we're going to have them take an alternate route, okay? The alternate route or whatever their destination was. Uh, destination, the place to which someone or something is being uh, is, is going or being sent. So you have people at your workspace that they're listening. They may overhear you talking in your conversations at work or you have in-laws. People will come to you with inquisitive, with an inquisitive energy and with questions, but you have to always question. Is this person a soulful listener or are they approaching me with judgment automatically because you can feel it or with um, with an agenda? Right. So those people that's approaching you with judgment or an agenda, those people are not allowed or anything that you have to say to them. So you have to reroute those people. Right. And what you want to then do is you do not allow those situations to leave you bitter because that's what they were being sent for. That was their route. Their route towards you was to disturb uh your ability to be a soulful listener to people around you that you really care about, you know? And so I'm going to admonish and admire, uh, actually encourage a lot of you guys. Let's practice soulful listening to those that we love, those that we admire, those that we have chosen to be around us instead of focusing our attendant, our, our energy on routing energy towards trying to find out about someone else that you automatically have judgment towards and that you automatically have a, a not a good agenda towards your motives are not pure. Right? So let's continue reading this. This is very, this is some good stuff. I am being helped as I am helping you guys. Okay. All right. Now it says, let me see where it was I at. Okay. What soul work is, okay, we read that. Why did you think that, why do you think there is a 
perceived increase in anxiety and depressive disorders. Our underlying philosophy or way of seeing everything is based on quantified studies, brain and laboratory study uh, research, and the need to explain and define everything. There is no room for mystery in its language, which is poetic and metaphorical. The soul suffers, right? How can we truly listen to others and cultivate authentic presence? This is just, I love Mariana Donato. I'm a writer. If you guys don't know, I have self-published 16 uh, self-published books, poetry books, devotional books, self-help books, a journal for women. So you guys can get on your journey of womanhood. I'm now writing fantasy um, short stories, right? A series of them. Um, you can check those out on blurb.com under Diamond Chronicles. Um, but I, one moment, let me go ahead and just put you guys one moment. All right. Sorry for that brief interruption. You guys know you parents, the kids, they don't care if you're doing a podcast or trying to trying to do yoga and meditate earlier, you know, just fail through. Right. So that's OK. Right. We have to improvise and we have to be adaptable. OK, so I'm grateful for adaptableness. All right. So this is great. Um, what was I saying? Oh, yes. You guys can check out my books on uh, blurb.com under Diamond Chronicles. Um, that's just a shameless plug there. But. Me saying that I'm speaking from the point of view as I would like to call myself an amateur author, right? I'm not like professionally trained, but I just love the writing. So from one author to another, right? Um, I love Mariana Donato's, uh, the way she puts words is so soothing and it's so simple, but deep at the same time. I just really have admiration for her. So I'm going to read this again because it really just stuck out to me. It says, how can we truly listen to others and cultivate authentic presence? authentic. Think about that. I'm actually going to circle this. If you guys saw my library of books, which I have about like eight boxes of books. I have them in my shed, in my closets, because um, I don't want my kids to tear them up. So I like to circle words and I like to underline stuff. I mean, I'm just really into this, right? So authentic presence. I'm going to keep those two words with me today. I hope that you guys do as well. Um, and so uh, Mr. Moore proceeds to explain today, we often debate rather than converse. We want to win arguments rather than gain deep insight. You listen well only when you find peace in yourself and give up the need to always be right. Think about that. Think about that. So instead of focusing and having a route, remember we spoke about the art of diversion for people who are their their destination is to kind of disturb you or you know one up you and that's that's what that's the type of society we stay in where everyone wants to argue and everybody's beefing and you know I gotta prove something. How about 
instead of we're going to reroute them, those people, right? We don't want nothing to deal with that type of energy. It's very negative and it's disturbing. So you reroute and practice the art of diversion with the disturbers. And then you want to give authentic presence to remember those people. I told you that we pick people according to our preferences, according to our needs at a soul level. If you have common sense, um, if you're picking people according to image or because everyone else says so, you're going to be around people that like to disturb uh Peace, like they like to disturb soulful listening because they don't care about your soul, right? So if you were practicing not only the art of diversion for those type of people, but you're practicing the art of trying to love yourself, uh, forgiving yourself, letting go of guilt, obligation, false obligation, you know, and shame. And, you know, people like to shame you. You release that. While you're loving yourself, you want to uh, be a person that soulfully listens to people around you. You want people that care about your soul, which is your psyche, which is your mind, your will, your emotions, right? Your spirit. You want people to care about those things, right? And so if you want them to care about those things, you want to practice that. So we want to practice having authentic presence. It's not just pictures and videos, I know social media made that popular, but that's not real. That's not real. It's not just pictures and videos, right? So if you are into that, in my opinion, you're shallow and that's fine. That's the way you choose to be here in this earth. But there are some of us who actually love things from a soul level um, where we want to listen to a person soulfully, where we connect with them. All right. So I'm going to reread that. I'm going to wrap this up because my kids are knocking on the door. All right. (laughs) It says today. We often debate rather than converse, right? No conversation, just debating, arguing on social media and over text, over the phone. You know, it's just too much, right? We want to win arguments rather than gain deep insight. I was right, but no one gained any deep insight. There was no, uh, there was really no resolution, no conflict resolution at all. No solutions, but you was right. All right. Um, you, we, you listen well only when you find peace in yourself and give up the need to be right. So if you have no peace in yourself, those type of people are always going to seek to be right about everything. And to me, they're exhausting to be bothered with. I don't know about you. All right. So it says, what gives you hope for humanity? In spite of of all of our problems today, I am an optimist. Humanity is very slowly evolving into a more humane community of earth beings. We have a long way to go. I see our young people today, many of them impatient to create a different kind of global culture, one that has the courage and vision to deal with our ecological crisis and create a peaceful political planet. They are not plagued with cynicism or despair. We can't give up our idealism and surrender to pessimism. The world has always had deep troubles. The challenge should bring out all of our creativity and passion for life and spark us to want to have the art of soulful listening. I'm going to get this book, okay? And when I get this, we're going to be doing some episodes on that as well. Um, as well as, again, go check out Mariana Donato's book, The, the um, Spiritual Famine in the Age of Plenty, and check out Thomas More's book, The Art of Soulful Listening. You guys can also check out one of my 16 books on blurb.com under Diamond Chronicles. And you guys have a great day. Let's practice today the art of soulful listening to those around us when we really care about their souls. 
The people whose souls, mind, will, emotions you do not care about, you do not, you shouldn't be seeking to try to disturb them, right? They shouldn't matter to you. So we cut those off with the art of, of diversion. And we want to redirect, reroute our energy back to those that we want to give authentic presence to. It's not just pictures and videos. It's really caring about them at a soul level, right? And when you begin to look at people around you in that way, you will really see that you're a lot lonelier than what you think, Okay. It's not a it's not a, a depressing thought. It's a good thought because you want to attract those who have soulful listening. All right, this is Humble Dame coming to you guys. I gotta go. The kids are going crazy. I hope that you have a thankful Tuesday. Find something to be thankful for. And if you don't feel like you have anyone around you that will practice the art of soulful listening, practice it with yourself. Listen to yourself. What does your soul need? Listen to your children, listen to your pets. Right. You have plants. Try to listen to them. Right. And kind of see where you can have this wonderful, listening, beautiful, soulful listening ear and be able to receive that reciprocation from people on a soul level of care, concern and being cherished. All right. You guys have a great day. Bye bye.